Hi, my name is Wizzy Brown. And I'm Molly Keck. And we are with the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service Department of Entomology. And this is Bugs by the Yard, where we hope to increase your enthusiasm about bugs in the urban landscape. On this episode of Bugs by the Yard, we are going to be talking about fireflies, also known as lightning bugs. So which one did you call them growing up? We called them lightning bugs. And I've heard it's a, it's a cult, not a cultural thing, but like a uh, area of the, the United States where you live. I mean, did you call them fireflies or lightning We bugs? called them lightning bugs too. So That's I grew good. up in the Midwest and that was kind of the, the thing that we called them. So I don't know, maybe fireflies is a new... People I was like it better. I don't know. Maybe I was aware but that they're, they're not flies things. or they're not bugs. I mean, yeah. they're bugs in the sense of being a true bug. They're actually a type of beetle and they are a soft winged beetle. So you know how beetles have those hardened elytra. These ones are more, instead of like a shield hard covering, it's more kind of a leathery yeah. yeah, it's still protective, but it's more of leather armor versus like armor a cockroach. Armor. Yeah, they are really cool insects, and we'll get into communication stuff. But a lot of people are very concerned fireflies because populations are decreasing, and that can be very disheartening because a lot of people absolutely love fireflies. I remember that was kind of my favorite thing in the summertime yeah. to do growing up. Yeah. Did you go out and catch fireflies? Yeah. We put them in jars and yep. which was probably torture for them. Yeah. Yes. And this is probably horrible. And, you know, I'll probably get letters or whatnot, but we would catch them. And <laughs> if you squished them at the right time on your finger, we would make rings out of them because it would glow on your finger where the bioluminescent stuff was. And okay, this was me as a kid. I don't squish fireflies anymore. Thing is firefly populations do seem to be in decline. Unfortunately, nobody really knows what exactly is causing this? They are, of course, doing research on it, but research hasn't been carried out for very long. So they're still exploring and figuring out what these things are. A lot of people think that the main factors that are affecting firefly populations are development. So as cities are growing and land is being developed that is decreasing possible habitat for the fireflies themselves. And then also as cities grow, mm. we also tend to have more light pollution. If you don't know what light pollution is, essentially it's just light. So if you think about a uh, nighttime sky, if you're seeing a nighttime sky in Big Bend where there aren't a lot of lights or cities or houses or buildings, you see the stars and everything's dark. But if you go to Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, where you have lots of buildings, lots of people, lots of cars, there's going to be all these lights at night. And that is essentially what is termed light pollution. So yeah. that yeah. is the problem. And the reason why that is a problem is because Fireflies are insects that use light as a signal. And 
when you think about light being produced, so think about like a incandescent light bulb. If you turn on that light bulb and you leave it on for five minutes and then you touch the light bulb, it's going to be hot mm -hmm. because when you're producing that light, it's giving off heat. So fireflies have a way of producing what essentially is called a cold light. And mm -hmm. that light that they produce doesn't actually give off any heat because if it did, they would almost, I don't know, explode or something, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or burn themselves up, but they have organs that are in their abdomens. And so here we're, we're talking about adults. So in their abdomens, they have these organs and they contain different types of chemicals. The main one is called luciferin. And then they have these enzymes that are called luciferase. And then essentially they will mix those two things together. They add oxygen to it. And that actually will create that light that they do. Do they have to almost like take a breath to light it up? You think that's how that oxygen gets in there, that it goes through the spiracles right to it? I think it's more as it comes out. So that if they oh. like are putting it out into that thing, then there's the chamber that has the oxygen or whatever. And so that kind of makes it flash. Okay. Right. <laughs> but with fireflies, with their light producing organs, they regulate the flashing or the, create the patterns by adjusting the amount of oxygen that goes into their light producing organs. So I guess it is somehow, I don't know if it goes in through the spiracles or not. I don't know, yeah. but somehow they control the oxygen that meets those two chemicals. And then that can cause the lighting, but they will flash. It's thought that they originally evolved the ability to create this light as a way to protect themselves or defend themselves against predators, but it has evolved into an ability to find mates, but not all fireflies produce light. There are fireflies or lightning bugs that fly during the day instead of at night. So they actually use chemical pheromones to find each other. So they're finding each other by smell instead of the flashing light patterns. With fireflies, each species essentially has its own signal, kind of like we were talking about the different insects and the sounds that they make. They have specific sounds to attract their own species. So the firefly species has that, but instead of using sound, they're actually using the flash patterns. So I, again, and I'm sure that somebody somewhere, I didn't look this up, but I'm sure somebody has flash patterns I wonder, on a I website wonder, somewhere. I wonder how many different species we have in North America or in Texas, because I've only ever collected the same one. I think I've seen, I think two different species at least. But Dr. Um, Google tells me that there's more than 2,200 species have been described and 165 in the U S and Canada. Oh, wow. I was going to say 22 worldwide, 2,200 worldwide. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. And they're found everywhere except Antarctica. And these are 
small. Well, there are some larger species. I was reading this morning, there's one called a giant firefly and it's in a, a specific genus, a lamb, lamb, Lampergera, I think, something like that. But those ones get really big. I think it's so cool that, uh, so their lightning bugs are in that their family is Lampiridae, lamps. They like their own, they're like the the natural lamps of the world. And then even that other one, the word lamp is still in its family name. So we talked about the adults that flash the immatures of fireflies all of those actually are capable of glowing and they're actually called glowworms. Do you glowworms. remember that? It was a really creepy toy in the eighties mm-hmm. that was called a glowworm and then you squeezed it and it like had this eerie globe thing. Yeah. Was- he, he had, my brother had one. It was, it, if the one that we had, it was a worm, right? Like it tapered down and it had a little plastic head and he had a hat and you would turn the hat one way or the other to expose the face. And so one, he was on one side, he was sleeping. And on the other side, his, he was open, but you could squeeze, he produced light, but is that the same thing that you're? Yes. That yes. You had? Yeah. yeah. It was his glow worm. There's also another beetle species that has like really weird wings. It almost doesn't look like a beetle at all that have real plumose kind of antenna and I've always heard of them. Uh, the, that's the male because the female's more grub-like. And I've heard them called glowworms also, right? So I think that term glowworm describes yeah, it's multiple a general, things. yeah, general term. Yeah, I've never found a lightning bug uh, larva. That would be fun. To I haven't find. either. I mean, but they're then in the again, ground. I'm, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not digging around in the ground. Going back to when you were saying the two reasons why lightning bugs are in decline, that kind of validates what I've always told people. Cause I've gotten that question a lot too. I used to see lightning bugs all the time when I was a kid. Now I don't see them. And I'm like, well, think about where you live now. Um, when I was growing up, we had nothing behind our back fence. It was just like a, a, a ranch, right? There was no development. And so every night the lightning bugs, they like to come out from those dense, dense wooded areas into these openings. And so we caught them all night, every single evening. But now that if we went back to that same house, I grew up in, it's a neighborhood right back there. We just don't have the same landscape that we used to have 20, 30, 40 years ago, you know? Um, but I never really thought about the light pollution. That makes perfect sense. And so I, people always think it's overuse of pesticides. And I, I'm like, no, it's more habitat destruction. Yeah. Go somewhere and else. I'm sure, habitat. you know, pesticides aren't going to help. They play a role, right? But they're I mean, not, they're, the they're definitely going to be in there. I don't think it's one of the main characteristics on these. Cause I mean, yeah, with me growing up, we lived in the middle of nowhere and we had five acres and there was a Creek down the road. And so you have that moist area with vegetation that would be perfect for the immatures. And, you know, even now, if I go to visit my parents in Ohio in the summertime, they still have tons of fireflies around Mm -hmm. because they live on 15 acres. It's wooded. They've got a pond in the backyard and it's, it's a great habitat. And so there, there's not a lot of light there. It's just, yeah, they're still here. It's just a matter of you where you live, what the habitat is. And I'm in the middle of a neighborhood now and I get fireflies in my yard still. Yeah. Um, not Probably, you know, hundreds, but you know, I would I'll imagine more established neighborhoods with more foliage, probably see fireflies more than the one, the new ones where they've wiped out every single tree and the yeah. trees haven't grown. 
fireflies aren't gone or lightning bugs aren't gone. You just have to know where to go to get to them. I can tell you that my brother Ben will find fireflies in a drought in the middle of the rain. I mean, he can find fireflies. He just knows where to go to get to them, but he, you know, walks trails and, and just finds them. So if you want to go firefly hunting, hook up with Molly and she can get you in contact with her brother. I'll tell you the (laughs) one place where you can almost always find fireflies is if you go somewhere where they've cleared out for like a railway or a railroad, or they've cleared out for power lines or something, there's wooded areas on either side and then a clearing. And that was always, at least in, in college, that's where we would go to collect fireflies for our collections. We try to find a place. They're always on those like border areas where you have that transition. Yeah. They like to come out into like an open like your backyard, but you're backed up next to the forest. Yeah. Okay. So back to signaling. Sorry. So fireflies, we we went on a tangent there, but it's cool. We're still telling you about the bugs. Um, (laughs) Fireflies all have their own signaling system. So each species is going to flash a certain pattern. So usually with the ones that we have here in the U S the males are going to fly around at a certain height and at a certain habitat and at a certain time for their species and they'll flash a signal. And so the females are going to be hanging out either on the ground or on, you know, turf or well, that would be turf on the ground um, or other vegetation in low vegetation. Yeah. Low lying vegetation. So they're going to be hanging out in those areas. And so they're watching for the males flying around. And so they're not only looking for the specific flash pattern, but they're also looking for it to be at the right time and at the right height away from wherever they would be. If she sees everything being kosher, then she will flash back with the species specific flash pattern of her own. And so then they start signaling to each other. It's kind of like the, the airline dudes with their little (laughs) wavy things that they have. So they're signaling to each other and the male will fly down to the female. And then if everything proceeds correctly, then they'll end up mating. But the cool thing, the cool thing is there are firefly (laughs) species that there are females that will trick males into coming to them, but they're not the same species. And so she is actually luring them in to eat them, essentially. I love it. I love that story. It's so funny. Yes. Which I think, what are they called? They call her something specific. I don't want to say like a femme fatale or something (laughs) ridiculous like that. I I don't know. You know, they put some anthropomorphized terminology on it. So the female, and these are usually females in the genera Foturus, and they are going to essentially, they eat adult male fireflies. Most fireflies don't eat in the adult stage or you know, they don't eat a lot. They're essentially there. They emerge, they mate, they lay eggs as females, and then they die because they've served their purpose. Mm -hmm. But in these photurists, they actually do eat and they will prey on the males of other species. And so essentially they're hanging out on the vegetation 
and they'll flash back to males of the other species. And when those males come in because they think that they're mating with a female of the same species, the other one will actually kill them and eat them essentially. <laughs> are all cool. lightning bugs predaceous? I, the larvae are, right? And the so larvae are predaceous, yeah. But as the a, majority of adult lightning bugs don't really feed as adults. Okay. So, and then if they do, are they predaceous, presumably still? Uh, the only ones that I know of eating are these photoresponses, the ones. Oh, and those so. are the females. So apparently the, the females, when the photorous females eat the males of the other species, they actually will acquire the toxins that those lightning bugs have. And then they can actually incorporate those toxins into the eggs that they lay. And that provides a defense mechanism for those eggs. So they're not, oh, that's so cool, stuff, which is bananas. It is. The other cool thing about these, the Futuris females have also been seen going to spider webs, like the orb weaver spider webs and stealing any fireflies that have been wrapped up and they're kind of hanging there in the web waiting to be eaten. So is and the so only thing they want to eat is other fireflies. They don't eat anything I, else. I think That's so, so bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. It's just and how you can go to a spider web and it's like, oh, well, I want this particular uh-huh. wrapped up insect and not that one is they're wrapped up. How does she see? I guess. Yeah. It's I don't know. Different. There's got to be like a smell or something yeah. that's going on. Has to. But <laughs> I don't know. That's Nature's crazy. crazy. Yes, 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 yes. And then there are fireflies that will synchronize their flashes. So they have, um, and these aren't, unfortunately, they're not in the U S these are in other parts of the world. They will actually congregate in tree vegetation. They will blink flash pattern, the same pattern at the same time. Could you imagine that? Yeah. That would be so cool. <laughs> There's a, if you Google it or if you YouTube it, there is a natural national geographic video of that. And it, it's been so long since I've watched it. We did it for like a kid's camp or something, Um, but they explain it. And then they show different examples of it. And it's like, wherever they are, it's really, really bright. It's pretty cool. And it's like a wave, like it starts and it ends. It's just, it's beautiful. Actually. It's like a, um, like at a football stadium or something where people are doing the wave thing where they start flashing and it's just kind of going and going, just imagine how many insects are in that particular area to be able to light up like that. It's just hundreds of thousands. Insane. You know what it's kind of like is the Christmas um, lights that people do to music. Oh (laughs) yeah. That's exactly what it's like. (laughs) Different years. You'll see more than you may others. And it, it has a little bit to do with the weather pattern. So don't be surprised if the summer of 2022, you don't see many lightning bugs because we're so incredibly dry, but when you have a nice, good, wet spring, since the babies, the larvae live in the soil, if it's super dry, they, a don't have food, but also they dry up and they die. So wetter years, we tend to see more lightning bugs and dry years. We don't. So you're not going to see very many in 2022. And amazingly in some summers, when we have a lot of rain, you'll actually see almost two generations. So you see it early in the summer or midsummer, and then you'll see them again, like in the fall. And those are exciting times. And that happened 
um, several years ago. And I said, I don't know if we'll ever see that again, because that's something that we haven't seen in such a long time. Our weather is always so dry come August and September. And then it happened again the next year. So it'll happen again. <laughs> just, you know, we just got to get out of this. This yeah, We just pattern. don't know when it's going to yeah. happen again. Right. We need an El Nino year and we'll see it. We talked a little bit about fireflies, the ones that were being eaten. They protect themselves from predators with the chemicals that they incorporate into their body. And they essentially make them kind of toxic, I guess, if they are ingested or distasteful, kind of like a, you know, everybody butterflies or ladybugs or whatever. So kind of a similar thing. So predators will learn to not eat the fireflies just because they taste bad and it's kind of gross. And I remember as a kid, if you have the fireflies in a jar, they don't smell pleasant when you open it back up. It, it's very stinky. So that's going to be that toxin that they're kind of releasing from their body. Is it musty? Um, like a ladybug's kind of musty? It's, I can't explain it. It's just, it's just gross. It, it's just stinky, stinky, stinky. I never did open the jar back up to smell them. So I have (laughs) no idea what, what it would smell like. (laughs) I always had to poke at everything. (laughs) So the reason why the Futuris eats the other fireflies is because they cannot manufacture them themselves. And so the females are going to actually mimic the other fireflies. And they only do that once they have mated. So they've mated with their species and then they start signaling for the other species so they can draw in that male, eat them, and then they can incorporate that chemical as a defensive thing for their eggs, which again is completely, completely amazing. (laughs) How did one nature get to that. Like, yeah. Oh, Hey, if I eat this firefly, then I can have this chemical, put it into my eggs because I can't produce it. And, and then how did a scientist figure out, Hey, this is what's going on. That's it's just, again, it's so nature is amazing. It's just so complex. Like it's not an easy a to B step. It's just, it's so, it's so complex. It's crazy. Yeah. And there's so many factors. I mean, and that's the thing when people ask, they seemingly ask a real simple question about an insect and it's like, well, I I don't know because this could play in and that could play in. And I don't know about this. And so there's all these things that can actually factor into stuff. Yeah. There's no simple answer. Yeah. But with fireflies, um, we've been mainly talking about the adults. We did briefly touch on the larvae, which are called glowworms and they actually spend the majority of their life as larvae and they, I think they can live up to two years as in the larval form. And then they will eventually emerge as adults. And, you know, of course they just last, I don't even know, maybe like a couple of weeks or so long enough to attract a mate, mate, lay eggs, and then they die. But the larvae are predaceous. They will eat things like earthworms and then other things like grubs or whatever is in the soil or in leaf litter or things like that. If that habitat where those larvae are living is destroyed, then that population is out, which is why development plays into a role of decreasing populations. 
So something that you can do if you actually want to encourage or help firefly populations, one is turning off your outside lights at night. You know, that may or may not be something that you can do. I tend to leave my porch light off, but I know a lot of people have them on for safety reasons and that sort of thing. But other things is creating habitat in your yard space to encourage those fireflies to be there. So you can do like the, we t- I think we talked about it in a previous episode where you kind of partially bury a log and kind of let it rot and create a habitat for that type of organism. But there are firefly larvae that will be in rotten logs. They'll also accumulate in leaf litter and stuff. So, you know, I always try to tell people, leave your leaves. And so that's another location. Uh, Planting trees on your property so you have shaded areas is going to be a great thing to do for them. And then also having water features in your landscape and making sure that you have a small pond or you can even do shallow water dishes or something like that. But the biggest firefly habitats, I think, are going to be in marshy kind of next to rivers or streams or ponds or things like that, where you have that kind of riparian habitat where they're hanging out and it stays relatively wet. So, I mean, if you can create that, if you have enough space in your yard to create that, then go for it. But I know, you know, a typical kind of neighborhood yard probably isn't going to have that, but you can build a small pond and depending on how you build it, you can kind of create some of that where you have a more shallow area that you might have some aquatic plants and stuff like that, that are in more kind of a boggier habitat. And that way it holds that soil in that area. And that might, it might make it better for the firefly larvae to actually kind of be in there. And I know a lot of people, they talk about this a lot of times when we're talking about insects, having water, having a chemically treated swimming pool on your property is not going to be a conducive habitat (laughs) for fireflies because you're putting chemicals in there. And so that's not going to really serve as a good space for them. If you want to expand, depending on, you know, how well, you know, your neighbors, you can talk to them about maybe expanding the habitat into their yard as well. So you kind of have a, a larger space to attract them and more space for the fireflies to create their habitat. And so then you might get more in the area. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Bugs by the Yard. If you want more information, you can go to extensionentomology.tamu.edu and we will catch you next time.